0: So tonight, I would like us to explore some of the many dimensions of samadhi or concentration. To begin though, is to acknowledge this involves some work, huh? It's not all that easy to just stay with a single object. First of all, we don't necessarily have that much control over our attention. We've not cultivated that much choice in relation to attention as of yet, in many instances. And then secondly, even if in our best of times we've got a certain amount of control, this is not necessarily the best of times. We're sleepy, we're tired, our body hurts. All of these different hindrances arise that make it a real challenge to simply show up to do the concentration practice. To, as I said last night or earlier today, to have oneself be available, to have a clear intention of being with this object, but in a way that's more like being available than a demand. And in that same way, we're asking you now, as you listen to each of the Dharma talks, evening after evening, that you stay connected to body and breath. So 50% or 60% staying with yourself, 50 to 40% listening to the words. And of that let 's say sixty percent staying with yourself, sometimes you 're feeling your body in some way, and sometimes you 're feeling the breath, and sometimes you 're feeling the body in the breath, so that you're you're aware of the internal experience while also taking in the external experience. It actually works much more effectively than it sounds <laughs> we Overly listen in a way that can get in the way of the actual receiving. We, we create a kind of tension around the listening that is not so helpful. doesn't mean the mind drifts, that's something else entirely. It's staying present in our own internal experience as we receive an external experience. It actually enhances that external experience, in this case the experience of listening. Of receiving Dharma. This is a quote from uh, Richard Shankman's book, uh, The Experience of Samadhi, and he's quoting from the Vasudhi Maga. And in the Vasudhi Maga it says, so wise men fail not in devotion. So let's slightly amend that. So wise men and women fail not in devotion to the pursuit of concentration. So wise men and women fell not in devotion to the pursuit of concentration. It cleans defiling stains, pollution, and brings rewards past calculation. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Get all cleaned up and you get these rewards that are beyond calculation. There's a little degree of paradox in that. As soon as we start demanding or wanting or grasping after, we're adding to the stains. We're, we're further polluting the mind. So it's a little tricky about letting go and yet having this intention. I will make reference a little later on that our intention is the through line of our experience in concentration practice and in mindfulness practice. So from the very beginning, cultivating a clarity of intention that will keep us going forward, staying connected, staying present moment by moment. So the first aspect of samadhi that I will ask us to explore together is the intellectual or conceptual understanding of what we mean by concentration. What are we talking about in the first place? What do we mean when we talk about concentration? What is the phenomena of concentration as the mind would understand it in a reflective way? And with each of these uh, definitions in this regard I will tie it directly into uh, our practice uh, from the Buddhist perspective of practice, uh, the Buddhist perspective of direct experience of concentration, because that's what we're practicing. We're not practicing a conceptual understanding. We're using the conceptual understanding to create more reflection, which will get us more interest in what we're doing. It will uh, sort of create aspiration for us in this, and it will it will give a sense of context in the practice of the direct experience of samadhi. It speaks to why are we doing this practice, which came up this afternoon in the question. So why am I doing this? That question can come even stronger as the days go on. (laughs) And then the second aspect that we will be exploring is how concentration and mindfulness function together in, but utilize this capacity of attention in a different way. We will later on in the retreat have uh, more explanation about vipassana itself. But this is just to tie together these two practices in such a way that it uh, uh, motivates us towards the concentration and and. Points to how we can utilize the mindfulness to help in our concentration. That's the purpose of this exploration. And then a third exploration uh, that we will be doing is how in Buddhism samadhi is taught as an as an essential skill to be developed, and how this is reflected in the, all the major lists uh, that we that we study. When I say oh, most of the major lists. Uh, in terms of skill lists, include concentration. And that's interesting. Again, that speaks to why are we doing this and places it in a kind of context and shows the importance that even a small growth in our capacity of concentration has extra large impact in our practice. So great reward for small improvement. That's an ideal situation, <laughs> and then the fourth exploration is to just at least mention this contin uh, this con- uh, continuum of intention to insight, and how it goes through concentration. Just to uh, just really show how this is one practice with these different aspects, but it's one practice in the end, and. Um, I would like to just have you briefly focus on the felt sense of the mind becoming more concentrated so that you can notice it. Because oftentimes people will come in to interviews and not really notice that they've actually had some times of concentration because there's such a fixed view as to what concentration is supposed to be and what it feels like and all. So just to touch on that and um, then a little bit of the felt sense of the concentrated mind and um, maybe one other thing if we have time for it. So there's a, uh, there's a lot of naming of things in this kind of a exploration talk, but it's not that you've got to hold on to all of this. It's just awakening your curiosity. That's all. It's what it's, it stirs in your mind heart that's the point. Not the retention. You're not going to be tested, you know, at the end of the retreat. You don't get to go home unless you can name the five of this or the three of that. So uh, it's fine to take notes, but not taking notes in such a way that you're creating tension, that you're actually abandoning the felt sense of the breath and the body in this moment. So enjoy the talk as well as take your notes. So let's begin with exploring the intellectual or conceptual understanding of concentration. In one of the major dictionaries, it has a series of definitions of what concentration is. Not at all referring to the specifics of our practice, but any kind of concentration. And I find that useful to see in the broadest terms that it applies quite specifically to our practice. So the first definition of concentration is bringing to a common center. Bringing to a common center. This is what we're doing in practice. We're bringing the moments of our practice to a common center, that of knowing the breath. So we are choosing one object in order to come to this common center. So it is not the breath. It is the coming to the common center in our capacity of attention. The breath is just an object. We could take our big toe as an object, and if we could do it, that would work just fine. It's not the breath, although the breath has many, many advantages that our big toe does not have. I have tried it with the big toe. (laughs) But it is, it is this common center of our experience, moment after moment, just here now with the breath. Just here now. The attention is just here now, just this one place. Here, now, immediate, immediately available, easeful, relaxed attention. And so this uh, bringing to a common center is this collecting and unifying. And then the second definition that comes up is directing the attention of the mental faculty to a single object. So this is the actual act we are bringing. There is a kind of doing to concentrating. So there's a degree of will in it. We, 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 there's a time and place where we say, no, the mind won't wander right now. You've wandered enough. Doggy's gotten to play. Now doggy will sit. Or doggy will stay on the leash. And so there is, there's a kind of willfulness. There is a sense of doing, this reigning that uh, is involved in this practice. That's where we have to be a little careful because we can get so in the doing that we miss the experience itself because we're so busy doing the experience, we're not actually showing up for the experience. Concentration is a mental activity. So we're being mental, but we're being mental softly towards the knowing of the experience itself. The third definition is an increasing strength or purity. So purity of what? purity in our instance of attention. The attention becomes more and more pure, pure around a single experience. It's not getting lost in all the other things that are arising and passing. A fourth definition is to render less dilutable. And so what is less dilutable in this instance? It's our mindfulness. Our mindfulness isn't diluted by seeing and hearing and, and planning and uh, remembering it's just experiencing the here and now. It's not diluted by these other things. It's just being here with the breath. It's so simple that it's actually hard to understand, isn't it? You know, if we go, well, what does that mean? It, it's, uh, it's just here. It's just here now. So it doesn't need any explanation in that way. It's the experience itself. And then the final definition is having a common center. And this is a very uh, important understanding in relation to samadhi practice, this having a common center. In the concentration practice initially, the common common center is a narrowness or a one-pointedness. So we're being one-pointed on the breath we're deliberately doing that, we're funneling in, gathering, funneling in to a single point, just this continuity of experience of breath. But that's just one way of understanding the common center. And it's how we have to do it to get started to be able to have any sort of uh, access concentration or what's called neighborhood concentration. We have to have some single-pointedness in a narrow sense to get us going, but then it opens back out so that there can be this this single pointedness that includes everything. As my teacher Ajahn Sumedho likes to say about samadhi, it is it is the one point that includes all of experience. And then that's what gets utilized in insight practice. So uh, we're, it's the same one pointedness, but it can be like this or like this. So very narrow or very wide open. But the sense of the steadiness of mind and, and the flexibility of mind, the groundedness of mind, actually doesn't change between that one point narrowness and that one point th- that includes everything. It, it takes maturity of practice to know that for ourselves. But just hearing that is stimulation. I can remember being stimulated by that very point. Desiring to have this experience, aspiring to have this experience. So when we look at at this exploration of how samadhi and sati, sati is the mindfulness, those of you who are relatively new, S-A-T-I, that's the mindfulness. If we start to explore how samadhi and sati both utilize this capacity of attention, it can help us see what we're doing in the concentration practice. Because both use attention, but with samadhi, it's using it in a very specific way. We're concentrating in a particular way. The Venerable Nalio, who wrote the wonderful book on Patana that many of you no doubt have read or bought with the intention of reading, <laughs> he says that they, they function in different Uh, but overlapping ways. They overlap by mutual presence. That is, each needs the other. So we can't do, as I said last night, we can't do concentration without some degree of mindfulness. We wouldn't remember what we're doing. We wouldn't stay with the breath. We wouldn't be mindful of the breath. So we've got to have concentration. But uh, Analio says that concentration is the enhancement of the selective function. This is a little academic sounding. <laughs> the concentration is the enhancement of the selective function by way of restricting the breadth of attention, that narrowness. So it's restricting the breadth of attention. Whereas uh, mindfulness is the en- enhancement of the reflective functioning by expanding the, the breadth of attention. So with with concentration, we are narrowing uh, uh, by restricting. So there is a restricting, whereas with the mindfulness we're opening out. The The restriction is not um, violent. It's not violent. It's not a kind of restraining or pounding down. It's just slowly coming in and in and in. And as, as we start to see from this that with, that with both of these, we are directing attention. And if there's one thing I would have you uh, leave here from this talk this evening is a recognition that you can indeed direct your attention. So just asking yourself for a moment. Sitting here right now, if I'd ask you, can you direct your attention? Would you have said yes or no? Would you have said that you're you're good at it, poor at it, mediocre? In your life, you're quite good at directing attention. If the motivation is high enough, you're right there. You stop at the red lights. That's directing attention. You don't burn the food night after night, maybe occasionally, but not night after night unless you're like me and only occasionally cook. <laughs> and then we, as we learn that we can direct attention, that's what we're sitting here doing. We're just directing attention. We're directing it in a restrictive way, meaning just to one object. But we're directing attention, just as in our mindfulness practice. We're directing attention to what's happening right now. Here, we don't go off into, oh, now there's thinking, or now there's something unpleasant. We don't go off and explore here. We just come back. So the mind wanders away for some reason. We just come back. We just come back because we're just directing to this one point. The whole breadth of our interest is the breadth for this, this 10 days together the whole breadth of it, in doing that, we gain a depth of capacity that then will be utilized in the mindfulness. This depth of capacity. And we will experience the contentment of mind, the qualities of mind when it becomes concentrated. If we don't experience that, we don't have any confidence in it. We don't know how to further cultivate it. Every person here will to varying degrees experience some amount of more depth of concentration. It is more of a struggle to have you recognize that. But it is true. So remember, you're just directing attention. In the sitting, the walking, going down to the lunchroom, standing in line, taking your food, you're just directing attention. Here we're directing it to the breath as we're doing whatever other activity or in the sitting only with the breath in a grounded way. Absorption occurs, this this deep absorption that in our uh, uh, lineage we call jhana, jhana, the absorption occurs because of this uh, this restricting to the single object, because it becomes one with, and as it becomes one with it becomes more and more penetrating that object so that it's so deeply lodged that the mind has this a kind of stillness that's quite beautiful we then can utilize that stillness of mind as, as i've said to practice in the vipassana but also that stillness of mind has this purifying this this cleansing as the visuddhimagga said capacity in itself the mind gets rested the mind is uh, is altered in some ways. It as it goes into these states, it can come out being much more flexible, buoyancy, uh, a, a, a mind that feels as though it has more agency to kind of live its its interest out, live out its curiosity, live out our values. Uh, Nalio also says that the development of concentration shifts experience. From one of subject-object duality, here's me, there's an object, me, this, uh, this uh, uh, capacity for attention, there's the object of the breath, subject-object, dual, twoness. The development of concentration shifts experience from one of subject-object duality towards being one of unity. So what is unified? The mind, the mind itself, this capacity of knowing very mysterious. We do uh, two other specialized retreats here at Spirit Rock. One is called Exploring the Nature of Emptiness and one is called Exploring the Nature of Awareness. And in both of these we're really exploring the nature of mind. And we are equipping ourselves to know our minds in this very practice. So well worth doing. So How do we measure concentration and time? If you can stay with the length of an inhale, that's a degree of concentration. If you can stay with the length of an inhale and an exhale, you've just doubled, roughly, your concentration. It can be so modest in our practice. It's the immediacy Am I concentrated in this moment? Am I with the breath just now? Not like, ooh, am I Am I not? But uh, am I here or not? I wish to be here right now with this breath, this intention to be with the breath. So just two or three seconds is a degree of concentration. The concentration can spread to minutes on a single object. Again, it could be an open field of concentration. It can spread to hours and it can spread to days. So uh, one of, uh, Joseph tells the story of, of uh, Deepa Ma, one of his teachers, uh, Joseph Goldstein. Uh, it, it, it talks about Deepa Ma saying to him one day when uh, she was teaching at, at IMS, she said, you know, Joseph, at this point in your practice, you need to sit for three days. And she didn't mean like sit for three days like we're sitting. She meant sit in concentration for three days. That actually occurs in modern times. This is not an ancient myth. Uh, I know people who have done that. I have, I have teachers who have sat in concentration for three days. Deepa Ma did, uh, a teacher I studied with in India did, in that very narrow way of just being absorbed for days on end. It's far more common for people to have absorption for hours and it's also more common still for there to be that stability of mind that we would call concentrated, but it's that one-pointedness that includes everything kind of concentration. So you don't know your future experience about concentration. One uh, uh, student who's very uh, was quite experienced at that time of his retreat uh, was sitting the three-month retreat, and he had... Um, Struggled and struggled, and his afternoons were completely worthless. The two o'clock sit, drowsiness, drowsiness, drowsiness. And he'd gotten more and more discouraged. And so some weeks into this, he sat down with this kind of bad attitude and was just waiting for all this sleepiness to come on. But by mistake, he relaxed. Since he was accepting now what is, Wow! (laughs) For days he had access to lots of sits with great concentration. It so affected him that I heard about this because some of the things that had come up during that particular retreat he wasn't through processing and he was uh, uh, wanting to speak with me to uh, further process some of these things. But he he was so amazed that it had not come during all of his efforting, but it had come when he sort of gave up. This is the letting go aspect that really helps when we practice. We come to it. At the same time we come to it, we let go. We care about the intent to be with the breath, but we let go of the outcome of that intent. Can you feel that? It's much more fun playing tennis or going on a hike, or learning to play the piano, or even uh, starting a business. If we let go of the added, uh, of the outcome, even as we attend to do it. As I, I use an example like, and even starting a business, people, I saw this here in the room, two or three people. I don't think that's true. But I've started a couple of businesses, and I found that to be true. So, you can decide for yourself. So, we, we've we've seen that there's an, a kind of uh, intellectual understanding of what we're doing that that others that have no interest in meditation would understand about coming to a com- common uh, center of having the mind less diluted. That this that's very understandable. We we have seen that that the mindfulness and the and the uh, the concentration both really utilize attention and that that's all we're doing is directing attention. And then we can start to understand why it is that concentration is such a key part of the Buddhist teaching and how it shows up over and over again in the major skill sets that we're to learn. And it starts with the Satipatthana, Sutta, which is the, the, the primary sutta that describes mindfulness. In this sutta, there are four qualities that are suggested for being able to mature the practice of being mindful. One of those is having energy. We've got to have a certain amount of energy. A second one is mindfulness itself. A third is what is called clear comprehension, which we're not going to be exploring tonight and then the fourth is described as a mind free from desire and discontent and this is one of the ways we know that we're starting to be slightly more concentrated is there's a little bit less of desire for something else there's this contentment and there's not discontent the mind's not restless it's not complaining it's not jumping around it's 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 content as it is, and so in the very practice of mindfulness, it's it's uh, described in that way, and then in the four noble truths, as Donald said last night, the, the the fourth noble truth is the is the path that leads to freedom from dukkha, the release from our being caught by dukkha, release from being caught by dukkha, and the mind going into grasping by dukkha, and that path is the eightfold path. And one-third of that path, right effort, right mindfulness, and right samadhi, are all considered samadhi as a, a section. There's a there's a wisdom or a wise understanding section. There, there's a uh, sila section of our speech and our actions and our livelihood. And then there's this section on samadhi. And within the samadhi section, the eighth, the final factor, is this this wise or right samadhi. We are concentrating for a wholesome purpose. We're learning this for a wholesome purpose. You could learn to be more concentrated to be a better cheat in life. You could learn to concentrate to be a better thief in life. You could learn to concentrate to be more able to manipulate people to get what you want. So concentration itself is not, uh, is ethically neutral. But the concentration of the, the sama samadhi in the Eightfold Path is an ethical concentration. It is a skillful means towards a wholesome goal. And as Donald said last night, it does get supported by all the other of the eight factors, the other seven, and it in turn supports them all. Very important to know this. You are are purifying the heart with this motivation for concentration. The heart will feel your motivation if you bring awareness to it. And in feeling that, the heart will cooperate in the practice. So when Adrian was talking about the refuge taking refuge in the Dhamma, taking refuge in the uh, the Buddha, and this our capacity to know the truth, the truth of our motivation, and that we have this capacity of of choosing this motivation and knowing we're choosing it choosing it, and knowing that we know we're choosing it. This is an incredible capacity as far as we know, only uh human beings on this particular planet have that capacity and for sure it's rare. So, uh, we can take refuge, we can be motivated by to uh, in our practice of concentration by the purity of our motivation. The purity itself is a further motivation. Don't underestimate that. Please don't underestimate that. We, we are not uh, always so bhakti, so devotional in our practice here because we are just uh, the people who first brought this tradition here at IMS and Spirit Rock were more of this uh, of this uh, exploration orientation. But this uh, the uh, freedom as uh, uh, John Suchito was just here teaching, and he kept talking about how freedom occurs in the heart. That finally, if the liberation is in the heart, you would not be here if you weren't motivated to liberate your heart. You just wouldn't be here. There's a lot easier ways to spend our time, a lot more distracting ways to spend our time, a lot more desire-fulfilling ways. So give yourself the credit that is, that is here just by your very presence. Samadhi also shows up, concentration shows up in the five spiritual faculties as it is one of these five spiritual faculties. It also shows up as one of the seven factors of awakening. It is the sixth of the seven factors of awakening. Can't get more clear than this, of how important that what you're doing here is. You are building your entire practice with this. Not just the purification, but the empowerment for further purification through the Vipassana, through the the very ability to protect your mind from a temporary arising of greed, hatred and delusion. You can become concentrated, you're gaining the ability to become more concentrated in any moment, to go to your breath rather than to go with the anger that's arising when someone has spoken harshly to you or has done something that physically or emotionally hurts you. You're developing that capacity here this week, that ability to drop into a safe place so that you don't act in turn harshly, to give yourself choice. And then, of course, in the jhanas, these deep absorption states, they're all about concentration. So, they're everywhere in here. And then, as we we look at this uh, development of concentration for the benefit of our entire practice, it does all start with intention. And intention manifest as attention. That's where we have the intention to be with the breath, but is this it is this activity of attention like shining a spotlight? Like if you're looking in the dark for something, you shine your flashlight on it. We're shining our flashlight on the breath. It can help sometimes to picture that. Oh, it's like I'm shining my little flashlight on just this inhale. Just now, just shining my flashlight. Shining my flashlight on this exhale. Oh, there's a pause. What did I shine my flashlight on? In that moment, you have a choice. You continue to hold your flashlight just where it was. Or you move your attention temporarily to the lips or the hands or something because it feels too unstable for you. And then you come back with the inhale. You can ask questions about that in the course of the retreat in your interviews or in the hall in the morning. But the spotlight of attention is coming from our intention. We get clear on intention and it empowers our ability to direct and keep directing our attention. As we continue to direct the attention, we become more concentrated. And that then empowers the rest of it, the investigation and the rising of insight and so forth. So a vital step in this entire practice is the intention, attention, concentration aspect of it. So when we when we start to um, explore the felt sense of the mind's attitude towards the activity of concentration, that uh, two or three of us have already mentioned this thing about attitude. We we talk about relaxed attention. I want to um, ask you to do a few exercises in the felt sense of relaxed attention. First, and this is, so don't overdo here because we're going to do a series of them. They may seem a little silly to you, but th- this is how we learn to find the felt sense, is by directing our attention to a constructed situation that's extreme enough that we can actually feel it. We can distinguish it from all the other stimuli. So hold out your left hand in front of you. Now. Bring your right hand into a fist position but raise your shoulder a little. So not, don't so much that you're going to hurt yourself but it's raised. It's a little uncomfortable and now push into that hand with that raised shoulder and let loose. Didn't take long to feel that that was a bad attitude, did it? <laughs> That's uncomfortable, right? Did anyone not find that uncomfortable? This is explicit tension Coming from when the attitude is has got this demanding attitude, where we are pushing at our experience, and when it's explicit, I mean it's really over the top. you know it's not just that we're pushing with our hand, we, our whole body's tense, the shoulders' pushing as in the course of the day, many of you will have pushed just that way. And being with the breath, I see some nodding heads out there. <laughs> and before it's all over, each of us will have done that. So just let's wait our turn. And now uh, take your left hand in front of you again and put your right hand around the fingers and squeeze and start to pull the fingers like you're going to pull them out of the hand. So squeeze and pull. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drop. <laughs> rid of that you've squeezed the breath like that, maybe you didn't notice it. But when we're trying to learn to stay with and we don't know how, we make this mistake of pushing and pulling at our experience of breath. That's why you're gonna get rather tired of us hearing about relaxed attention that softens into. And now, uh, to get to explore more the implicit kind of tension, Put your left hand out again in front of you. And this time, I want you to just hover over it. Just hover. Almost touch, or just occasionally a little touch, but don't stay with it. Just touch and move away. But just barely, right there. It's almost touching. It's almost touching, but it's not very stable. It's not very stable. If you're really wanting it to be stable, get a little closer with your hand there. Yeah. And just so you're just touching. Do you see how tiring that gets? Imagine that if you're doing this for 20 minutes of the 45-minute set. Whew. So this hovering is much more subtle. And it, it's, it's, it, it, has a, uh, it can come from our, um, uh, we're resisting just being with the breath. We're, we, we're trying to apply our ideas and we're not really being with it. Or we're, we're doing this, I know I can't do this, I know I can't do this. I'm the worst one in the room with this. But what if I do this and I get concentrated? That scares me a little. All of this resistance of the hovering, all of the judging mind, all of our stories, we can have that kind of hovering and we can feel the attention of it. It's more implicit. It's not so obvious as when we're pushing and pulling and over-efforting, but it can be there. And now, uh, rest the hand on the, the right hand on the left hand but, so, and make your left arm stable enough you don 't want to hurt yourself here, but I want you to push down with the right hand so you 're pushing it down, just pushing it down and but don 't let it go down you're just you 're pushing it down there 's a degree of uh, kind of a demand that the left hand somehow do something for the right hand and let loose of that tension tension again it 's an implicit tension there 's a kind of um, there's a kind of grasping in that of demanding something being happening to the breath. So we can be pushing at the breath. Okay, I'm with it for this inhale. Happen. Something happened right now. I want something out of this. There is a demand that, that so that the, we're not actually being with the experience. We're demanding something else from the experience. You see what I mean by that? I want to feel concentrated. I want to feel samadhi. I want this unity. No. We're just being with bring your hand up last time, put your left hand out, and now just gently as possible, rest your hand, your right hand in the left. Relax the right hand as much as you can. And now notice all the different things you can feel about the left hand. You can feel the softness of the skin. You can feel warmth. You can feel shape. You can feel steadiness. The right hand itself starts to have a different quality. Just notice that. Just notice. So the right hand's more alive. It too softens. So the softening into is both the object itself seems to open up and the, the knowing itself is softening. And as you soften they more and more can start to feel like one experience. This is the concentration practice. The felt sense of it. You can do this for yourself in the course of sitting. Just do one or two of these. You can just notice, well, what's my felt sense? Uh, I've, I've had people come back years later and talk about these exercises being a gate for them and to a deepening of their experience in this way. It did fall off the microphone. The, um, the feeling of, of the skillful attitude when we, are, when we have a relaxed attention, that can soften into. There is a, we can have this cultivation of an attitude of kindness that I mentioned last night, of patience, of curiosity, of persistence, of compassion, of gratitude, of beginner's mind, the, the kind of immediacy of, oh, what's here in the breath right now, and amusement. So this, this attitude, and they, why would we care about our attitude? Because our attitude is what uh, affects whether or not we get all tense and we start pushing and pulling, grasping, demanding, hovering away. So we can, it's it's worthwhile when we first sit down to really give ourselves a little pep talk about, it. okay, Uh, uh, He was saying something the other night about attitude, and I, I want to really pay attention here for a moment. I will own my attitude. I acknowledge that there's some degree, notice, some, some only, some degree of choice in my attitude. And at times, that's a larger degree of choice than others. But we can cultivate, when we first sit down, we remember our motivation We remember our intention to be present, we know we're directing attention and we're going to have an attitude and so we bring these qualities that will help with the attitude. And as we do that we make better connections and we soften into. The the, um, relaxing attention is more easily understood than the softening into, but I felt as though with the exercise of the hands you started to get some feel for the softening into. It has a softening into is that settling quality, that grounded quality, that resting, that penetrating quality, things being more accessible. There's a kind of vibe uh, to it. There's a, 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 a fullness, a wholeness that, uh, that comes into this. Anytime we start judging, comparing, and fixing, that's not good attitude <laughs> that's unskillful attitude the proximate cause of concentration hard to believe but it's true is happiness happiness any degree of happiness so when you're with the breath if there's any degree of relaxation you feel in your body or the breath is sweet this moment mmm sweet breath oh it's soft oh there's a rhythm to it oh I feel it's as though it's like the ocean in and out let mm. that, that of contentment that interest that association the positiveness of that association uh, 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 come more fully into focus we we are directing towards the pleasant here we're directing towards it's not like Vipassana where we're indifferent between pleasant and unpleasant we're directing towards the pleasant. we Any degree of what's called the, the joyous breath, the happy breath, the contented breath that uh, that uh, that is arising, we want to recognize it instantly. We don't want to grasp it, but welcome, welcome. What a nice visitor to have. It's like the warm sun on a day that's been a little cool or the cool breeze on a day that's too hot or seeing the, the lizards playing in the sun it's it's this it's this uh this uh welcoming something's inviting about it. Let that invitation come in where you're following the breath, follow the breath somewhere where that's likely to happen. Where is it more pleasant, where is it easy, where is there a sense of contentment, a sense of oh, what's that where where there's it's there's there's less of the grasping, pushing pulling. Uh, less fear. So if, you, if there's the breath, uh, the breath in some place where there's been trauma in your body would not be the place to follow the breath. And above all, don't try to figure out the perfect place for the breath. You can spend years looking for the perfect place. That's the thinking mind. And the thinking mind is always capable of, of arguing for a different alternative. So go with your intuition go with the felt sense today or in this sit this is what it's available ideally you will every sit in a day it'll be mostly at one place and then become more and more at one place but it never has to always absolutely be at that place not all teachers would agree with this, but uh, in my observation of myself and others, you know, it will mostly be someplace, but sometimes it's somewhere else, and then it comes back to the place you've established. But if you try to force it back there, when it's not ready, you start getting a little irritated. You know, you're, you're demanding again. So be loose with this. Dance with it. You know, don't drive it. You know, be, be kind to the breath in this way. If you start controlling your breath... Oh look at me controlling my breath. So what's it like to control breath? And then stop. But if you say, Oh, I can't uh, control my breath, you've raised that shoulder. Oh, I'm controlling breath. What's this like? How does the breath feel when I'm controlling it? Oh, I'm more able to stay with it. Oh, look at this desire arising. And then just come back to the breath. Your mind's going to have these little episodes. We're not expecting uh, for most of the time for the mind to just be with the one experience. They're going to happen. We're just not investigating them. We're just noticing them as uh, the, the and practice. Yes, oh, so the, I'm wanting this from my experience and I'm back to the breath. Oh, my mind's wandered completely. I'm thinking about uh, something that happened last week. And back to the breath. Not investigating where the mind's gone. Just being awake to it when we are awake. And and practice. And back to the breath. Not jerking back to the breath. Not jerking the mind. The mind does not like being jerked. It will start to go on strike. (laughs) So gently but firmly reconnecting. Gently but firmly. That settling into... That's what we can soften, the softening into. Likewise with the breath and, and the walking practice. So you're, you're, when you're walking down, and I'm going to ask you to uh, for the next two days to make a little practice. I did not clear this with my colleagues, so I hope they feel okay about this. But uh, to uh, when you're walking down to for breakfast, lunch, or tea, to in from the hall down to the to the the dining hall to. Be embodied in the breath, so whatever you need to do that, even if you need to take a few breaths that are stronger so that you know you can find the breath as you 're walking, take a couple breaths and then don 't keep controlling it that way, but control it for make it stronger so that you feel it, and see if you can stay present with the breath and in the body. So you're going back and forth between breath and body just from here down to there. That each time that you don't fail to do that every time. And then in those interviews in the next couple of days, report your experience. Oh, well, it turns out I can do this. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, I liked it. And whatever happens, just to make that one of the things that you talk about. We can we, As we're breathing, sometimes the breath gets a little raggedy and that's okay don't don't be worried about the raggedy breath sometimes the breath starts to be this other almost independent creature i call it the dragon tail there's this one breath where the breath is like there's it becomes like the tail of the dragon and it's like a little trippy all sorts of things can happen with the breath all of that's fine the breath can uh, you can uh, if if the sound is present of the breath if you're hearing the sound uh, we're asking you not to make like ujjaya breath or any sort of sound breath here in the hall because that's, that's uh, d- distracting to others. But if you're breathing and you hear your breath, then let hear your breath. But in the foreground is the breath, the felt sense of the breath. In the background is the hearing of the breath. At times we will hear the breath. Or it, it, uh, sometimes, I uh, uh, can't think of this, synth- synthasia, sometimes in, the, in, in feeling the breath at the nostril, it will, it will be so strong that it's like a taste or a sound. The mind's so concentrated that the other sense gates uh, get evoked. All sorts of things can happen. That's part of the mysteriousness of this. Please beware of interpreting your own experience. Oh, this, is, this means this, or this means that, or uh, this is my problem, or that's my problem and the breath. You're having an experience, something's distracting, something's in the way, something's unpleasant, and the breath, rather than getting lost in a lot of conceptual thinking about what's wrong with me in this practice and how am I going to fix it. So don't get lost in the judging, don't get lost in the comparing. Judging and comparing are going to come up, fixing too is going to come up, but we don't have to get lost in them. We recognize them and abandon them immediately. We don't explore them here, we just immediately abandon and gently but firmly back to the breath. I can remember uh, a a number of years of sitting the six-week or three-month retreat at IMS where I was practicing concentration. And I would go sit by this pond that's there that we, there's a pond that's very near IMS that you walk around as one of your exercise things. And um, uh, sitting there on these rocks at the water and hearing cars drive by, there's not many cars, but hearing cars drive by, uh, at times people coming and fishing right next to me. I assumed they were fishing. I kept my eyes closed. I don't assume that's what they were doing there. And being so concentrated that I could feel a first wave of fear come over me. My eyes are closed and these are maybe good old boys and it would be fun to push me into the pond, you know, those little moments of insecurity because, you know, you don't know. And, and being so, the mind so content that I could let that go and the talking and all was somewhere in the background and my mind was not disturbed at all. Just totally pleasant, totally content in its own experience of the breath. I tell that story because we can get to thinking we've got to have ideal conditions. We do not have to have ideal conditions. It helps to have ideal conditions, and we're grateful when they're ideal. But to what degree they're ideal, Why not have gratitude for that degree of ideal conditions rather than looking for the ways that they're not ideal and being willing to come into those ideal conditions? Little things to notice, that if there's a stillness of mind even for a moment, that's a degree of concentration. If there's a steadiness for a moment, you feel the felt sense of steady. This moving around of the hand is not steady. The hand steady in one place. That's steady. The steadiness of mind, a quiet mind, an easeful mind, just for a moment of ease. This mind for a moment. Oh, that's where this inhale was relaxed. Notice that. Please, please notice that. If there's a sense of, that oh, right now the mind can be directed. Ah, That was, boy, when I went back to the breath just then, that was really easy. That was so graceful. Don't then comment on it, just appreciate it. That's the your concentration. If there is a sense of fullness or uh, of, of the of the uh, being with the breath, if the breath feels really full, or if that sense of, of yes, there's this breath, but there's nothing I'm not doing anything with it. There's an emptiness around feeling the breath, even just one exhale. That's concentration. If there is a sensitivity in the mind the mind feels very sensitive, but it's not agitated sensitive. It's not like you know something's irritated your skin. It's the mind just feels sensitive. It's delicate. It's there's a sweetness. It's just delicate. There's a flower quality or a breeze like quality. That's concentration. That's this one moment's concentration. Acknowledge that. Appreciate that uh, we are getting to have this, and uh, most of all. Any degree of stillness as I started this list with that stillness. It's so mysterious. The stillness. That's a further exploration later on. But when the mind becomes still, this, uh, it's, uh, this ekagata in uh, the the jhana practice, the mind so still and so uh, at ease. It's very mysterious what that is. Very mysterious. And there's some way that it is. It is, uh, we're getting into the arena of our, our innate happiness, our innate well-being. So this, this little moment of concentration, even no matter how small, is connecting to that innateness of well-being. Exploration. Exploration of concentration. Let's sit for a moment. So just for 30 seconds, invite your mind to be absolutely still. No thoughts, no movement. The awareness of the breath will be there, but the mind is still around that awareness of the breath. This is the joy of the contented mind. It's time for our walking practice. We have about 30 minutes for the practice. Even if you're going to um, uh, not come to the last sit because you need to rest, we still ask that you do the walking practice so that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit slash donate.